Welcome to 502 Entrepreneurs, Louisville's podcast featuring local business owners, entrepreneurs, and side hustlers, all who have a story to tell. Our guest today is Stephanie Feger, author of Color Today Pretty, an inspirational guide to living a life in perspective. Also, owner and operator of Empower PR. It's time to keep it weird with Stephanie. Before we hop into today's episode, I want to let you know about a contest we have running the month of February. 502 Entrepreneurs has partnered with Louisville-based e-commerce company Unbound Sounds. Unbound Sounds has offered to donate and give away one free pair of Bluetooth headphones valued at $89.99 to one of our lucky listeners. To enter the contest, please visit 502entrepreneurs.com. Subscribe to the email list and you will be automatically entered. Now back to today's episode. Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing awesome. Thanks for coming by today. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for the invite. Oh, no problem. It's uh, great to have you here. You know, you got a different perspective than uh, a lot of people I've interviewed already for this <laughs> show. So I think it's going to be great to hear that and um, get to experience, um, your point of view on things. I appreciate it. Hey, I'm the woman of perspective. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of at the heart of me. (laughs) So, uh, why don't you tell everybody who's listening, uh, who you are and what you do? Sure. So my name is Stephanie Feger and I am the author of the book, um, color today, pretty an inspirational guide to living a life in perspective. And I do professional speaking on that topic as well, but I'm also a a marketing expert and own a business called empower PR that helps authors and small businesses feel empowered to be able to spread their valuable messages to the right audiences. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks. So how long have you been an author or when did you publish your, your book? And then, uh, how long have you been doing the Empower Consulting? That's a good question. I was actually calculating it the other day. In May, my book will have been out for three years, oh, which wow. is crazy because it just felt like it was in the infancy stage. <laughs> um You know what, though, interestingly enough, I was not someone that grew up wanting to be an author or wanting to own my own business or do anything of that sort. Um, I worked in PR and marketing for 15 years in the nonprofit corporate world. There is a nonprofit corporate world. It exists. Uh, And I actually loved it, but I felt a calling to do something different. And that's what where my book was birthed from. Um, And it took about five years for me to get the book together and to get it out into the community. And the moment the book came out, I expected to really jump forward in my um, professional speaking kind of business that I had been working towards. Interestingly enough, a whole nother business evolved and that's where Empower PR showed up. Um, there's a whole group of amazing authors and small businesses that have valuable messages too. And I came to learn that they needed some help and support to be able to figure out how to how to find the people that need their the products and the services and the messages that they have and reach them where they are and empower them to collaborate. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge deal for small businesses and and anybody who's trying to, to run anything there is reaching the right audience. So absolutely, uh, give everybody a quick back jacket synopsis of your book. You know, if they pick it up, what can they expect to to get out of it. So if you were to dive into my book, it'll likely be a collection of 35 chapters that are, that will likely feel like a conversation between you, the reader and myself, because that's how they were written. Um, They were actually little vignettes of different times in my life where I felt like there was a topic that was kind of heavy that I needed to 
I needed to work through. And some of these topics were pretty deep, to be honest, that I had kept suppressed for 20 years. Yeah. There, was, there was one chapter in, in particular I did not talk about until the book came out. Um, but yeah, so it as I was writing, I actually was writing because it was cathartic not for any reason to publish or to package up a book. And um, a friend of mine and I sat down one day and we said, hey, if you weren't working here, what would you do? How would you make money? I'm like, I don't know. How would you? <laughs> and um, and little, and I said, I don't know. So we switched it. And I said, okay, so what do I think you should do? And what do you think I should do? And she told me, she's like, you need to write a blog. I'm like, well, first of all, there's no money in blogging. Right. <laughs> and I kind of laughed. I said, well, you know, there's, you can figure out something anywhere. Um, I said, but... Then I went home and I thought, well, why wait until I'm not working at this job um, to blog? Why not start now? So I started to blog about these things that were really meaningful in my life. Um, some heavy, some light, some little glimpses of something I saw through my children's eyes or through a coworker or just on the street that nobody ever saw, but I did. And I started to blog about it. And that's what birthed this concept of a book. People were like, I love this. I need this. I need more perspective in my life. And, um, and when are, when are you going to write a book about it? I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, so what, what you would see if you open the book is actually what has evolved into a seven step guide on how do you break apart from what the world tells you you need and how do you focus on really what you do need to be successful and happy? Because oh, okay. I actually believe you can be both. And sure. many of us think that success will drive happiness, and it doesn't always. No. And um, sometimes it can actually push you push it apart. So, um, yeah, so the book is kind of a guide on how to, in a seven-step way, how do you get there to be able to reassess your life and to truly live in the moment? I'm a believer that because of because of uh, what was able to be packaged up here and what I've learned that life doesn't have to happen to you it can actually happen for you and um the experiences that I had and and the experiences I've heard from others thanks to this book as a conversation starter is proof that 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 life is really has the potential to position you for some really amazing things ahead oh, that's awesome it's it's so cool that you can just be like well I'm writing a blog now and everyone's like hey you're doing awesome. Why don't you write a book? And then it just happens. You it's know? crazy. <laughs> I know. Well, I thought, so. okay, you know, I'll be honest. Once I started to write, I started to realize that the big part of perspective in life is yourself holding you back. Yeah. You know, like, that's huge. oh my gosh, well, what if nobody likes my stuff? So that's what I thought. I'm like, I'm going to put this blog out. What if no one likes this, my right. stuff? And then they did, they loved it or they were very supportive. And then someone's like, write a book. I'm like, oh my gosh, well, what if I write a book and nobody buys it? So I switched my mentality. You see, before we started, I told you I'm a woman that believes in worst case scenarios, mm -hmm. which doesn't truly typically make sense with kind of this <laughs> positive energy. But I believe if you can evaluate what is the, what's the worst thing that could happen? The reality is, is most of the time, the worst thing that could happen isn't so bad. So when I was on the verge of publishing my book, I thought, what if nobody, what if nobody reads it? Like, what if nobody buys it? And I looked at my husband, I said, you know what? If I have 500 copies of this book in my basement, I'm okay. I'm okay if nobody buys it. Because what I have done is I have proven to my kids that if you've got a dream, mama made it a reality. Yeah, exactly. And I want them to be empowered. Well, I'm excited to say that I don't have 500 copies in the basement. <laughs> it actually hit number one on Amazon in its category within the first few days that the oh, book came amazing. out. So it was a really amazing success. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. You know, that the, the mindset you had before, you know, is uh, 
I talk about it with my artist friends mm-hmm. all the time, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, we've kind of, you know, I, I guess my motto, I guess, for 2020 is that done is better than perfect. And Love so, it. you know, I'm just making sure that I'm doing things and getting it out there because if I wait for it to be perfect, mm-hmm. then it's not going to happen and it's just going to sit there. Okay, I have to share. I have a whole section called Perfect Imperfection. There you go. I'm not joking. It's the same thing. Because I, I came to the <laughs> same realization that, first of all, none of us will ever be perfect. Correct. And so if you just decide to be perfectly imperfect, then you embrace who you are and who you're meant to be and the skill set you've been given. And you forget about the weaknesses because most of the time we can't even change our weaknesses. Right. You reinvest in your strengths and then you grow. And before you know it, You've done something. And so too many times I was that way too. I'd be like, oh, well, until it's perfect, I'm not showing it to anyone. Like, get it out. Yeah, you have to get it out. Get it out. I mean, for years, I've never put hardly anything out because I was just terrified of what yeah. people would think. And, mm-hmm. you know, that it, it really boils down to I don't really care what they think anymore. It's yeah. really, you know, about what I think. Am I proud of it? Or, Absolutely. You know, even if I'm not, you know. Absolutely. Get it out there and. And then you, you know, can actually learn can from it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you get it out and then you're like, oh, you, that's a great idea. I never, I never would have thought of doing this, but because I put myself out there now I'm even better, yeah. you know? So I love that motto. So yeah, that's my 2020. So, so far it's been working out. <laughs> <laughs> I am a big fan of like picking a, yeah, hey, you've made it. You haven't, yeah. you haven't forget. I'm a big believer in kind of picking a, a, a word or kind of a focus for the year. And mine is clarity, of course, very cliche with 2020 clarity, but I believe in it, you know, and I've been really trying even as an entrepreneur to get more clarity and refine what it is that I bring to the marketplace so that I can be better yeah. and more helpful yeah, to my clients. Yeah, that's definitely important. Yeah. You know, especially as a, a business, small business entrepreneur, you know, if people don't know, you know, what you're bringing and you're not clear about mm-hmm. your, clear about your message, then you confuse them and, you know, they'll go somewhere else. So Absolutely. The clearer you are, the better off you are. I think. Absolutely. So Absolutely. that's cool. So I want to touch base, you know, you said you were, you know, you were working full time, mm-hmm. you started a blog, you know, so you were doing that on nights and weekends and stuff. How much time and effort you know, were you putting into this blog to get this thing up and going? My goal was to write something once a week. Okay. And, um, and then I started as I was writing once a week, I started to realize that it became a daily need in my life that, um, I was working in a a situation that had become kind of toxic. We all know what that feels like in Mm -hmm. our, in jobs in general. And, um, I needed to be, to be my best self in that environment. I needed to give myself some perspective before I started the day. So I would get up an hour earlier each day before I would start work. And I worked from home at that time and I still do, um, (laughs) which is wonderful. (laughs) The loveliness of entrepreneurship. Um, but I would sit down on the computer. I would close my eyes. I'd put my hand on the keyboard and I'd be like, all right, What do I need to talk about today? What is on my heart? What needs to get out? And that actually, and I actually tell um, individuals who want to write a book because I do some support and help people who are in that journey as well. um, That the first thing when you are navigating this process is to free write, right? You got to just get it out, figure out your voice, finesse your voice work it. Um, and so I did that. And so I would say I would spend, um, a couple hours a week in the beginning and then it evolved into at least an hour a day. I needed it. My soul, my soul needed it. Um, it was as much important, it was as, as much of importance in my life as it was for anyone else. So when I shifted this, this thought process of what if nobody reads it to, I don't care if nobody reads it, 
I need it. Then, then people started to see that and they started to feel it. You know, it's, it's different when, you know, I kind of feel, I don't know if you're a believer in the law of attraction. Oh yeah, absolutely. I am. And I sometimes feel like when you push too hard for something, it actually can push away, right? It doesn't come come to you. Desperate almost. Absolutely. (laughs) So I didn't, I said, I don't really care what comes from this. I have no agenda. I'm not selling a product. I'm not pushing anything. I'm not trying to make money on my blog. Nothing. I just want to be authentic and real. And I want to share something that that I think the world needs to hear. We need to see a little more good out there. Oh, yeah. And 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 I want to say, too, um, for anybody who reads any of my blogs, visits my website, reads my book, the reality is, is I don't just write about rainbows and butterflies. In fact, a lot of people go, oh, Stephanie, you like rainbows and butterflies. I'm like, no, no, no. I like rainbows and butterflies, but because I know what it was like to stand in the rain and get poured on. And I knew that there would be a rainbow to get through it, right? So I, I talk about the rain and I love butterflies, but not because they're just gorgeous, but because they go through a, con- a, cons- um, a very purposeful, consistent change yeah. to get to the other side, right? So in my writing, it's not just, oh, look at the beautiful day. It's usually I had a really rough moment and here's what I found. Here was my silver lining in it. Here's what as a, as a world, as a community, as a person that we can see how we can be better from that. Well, that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, I like that, you know, and, uh, you know, I think a lot of people who are writers or authors or, or anything will tell you that you need to do it every day, yeah. you know, regardless yeah. of what you're writing, um, what you're putting mm-hmm. on paper, just put something down mm-hmm. and write it down. Who cares what you're writing? You know, just, just get it out get in practice of doing it every day, you get it yeah. out and you can go back and you could edit it later. And, oh, I'm a big believer know, in that. Make it, make it, yes. sound, make it, make it more like you, you know, <laughs> I, have a, I have a really good friend who, um, it's kind of like my pulse check. And occasionally he, he observes me and watches me on my social platforms. And he's like, I can tell when you haven't written in a while. I'm like, Oh goodness. Why? He's like, because I just feel it, Stephanie. He's like, I know when you get your daily writing in. I can feel how light you are because you process life through writing and it's true. Um, he's like, when you haven't, I feel that energy too. So it's <laughs> proof. I'm like, oh gosh, I guess, you know, it's more obvious than I think sometimes, but no, I, I'm a big believer that get it out and you can always edit. It's harder to get it out than it is to than yeah, the editing process. Exactly. I'm a, I don't like to write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you like you to, know. you're creative in other but, avenues. And I didn't yeah. tell you earlier, but um, I'm a closet photographer. Oh, are you? Cool. Yeah, not um, professionally, but um, when I, if you were to, to ask me, what if Stephanie, this is your last day on earth, what are you going to do? I would um, get my camera and go to Cave Hill and take photos all day. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Cave Hill's a pretty neat little place. Love it. <laughs> I love it. There's something so refreshing and freeing for me in photography. Yeah. Um, so I think that everybody's got to find a creative outlet. And that right. actually might be a, a, your job. I mean, right. you know, it, whatever it is that you're passionate about, that outlet is so important to living in perspective. That's how I got started in photography because... You know, I was telling you, like, I've got a degree in engineering Mm -hmm. and I have an engineering background and, you know, I've been in construction management, project management stuff since college. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's not a ton of creativity Mm -hmm. um, in that kind of work, per se. You know, there's some, but, you know, not like you get with photography Mm -mm. or, you know, writing or, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. So I think that's how I got into photography was a creative outlet. Mm -hmm. And then over time, I started to just really enjoy it. and I started to like the way I could interact with people and things like that. And 
that's kind of how I nailed everything down to like, you know, becoming a headshot photographer is I get to interact with people one-on-one. Um, I still get the creativity of, you know, doing photography. Um, Absolutely. And, <laughs> yeah. Know, but and, you get to help bring out somebody's personality yeah. in a way that captures not just their personality, but where they want to go. Right. And that takes exactly. skill. That, that's the, that's the plan. And then, you know, my, my goal is to have them walk out of here saying, that's the best photo I've ever had taken of me. That's awesome. And so that's what I work for. That's work awesome. Towards every, every time someone's down here. So. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah, definitely. So tell me a little bit more about um, Empower PR mm-hmm. and uh, the consulting work you're doing there. Absolutely. it sounds like it's pretty amazing. And it sounds like you've got quite a few people that you're working with currently that it's keeping you super busy. Yeah. Well, you know, busy isn't bad. Um, it's just a new level of crazy fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, interestingly enough, I was telling you before we started, um, this is my, this is a part of who I am that if you were to go search for it on my website, you wouldn't see. Um, and it, I think that's a unique, um, I think that's unique in the sense that sometimes, and from a marketer per- marketing perspective, sometimes your best work, you don't even market, you know, and that it comes through word of mouth promotions and word of mouth um, communications and marketing too. Yeah. So uh, as I shared before, when my book came out, I was poised and ready to run and to spread the word about my book and do strategic partnerships and collaborations and speaking engagements and workshops. And all those things started to happen. And it was so much fun. But at the same time, I noticed there was this group of people who could really use um, the skill set that I had went to college for. (laughs) You know, I didn't go to college for English and writing. Um, I went to college for communications and marketing. So I started to see that there was this beautiful way that I could merge these different parts of who I am as a person and actually help somebody. Because if the reality, the reality is, is if, if I carve away everything of what I am down to the core of what I want to be, it's just somebody that helps others. Yeah. And um, if I can use what I've got to help somebody, I want to do it. So I've had the opportunity to work with authors and small businesses across the nation, figure out, all right, who is your target audience and how do we laser focus in on where they get their information and trusted sources and how do we make sure that they know about you because you have something valuable that can change their life. And I want to help that well, you want to help together. We want to help that person get that information. So, um, so empower PR was born out of this need, but interestingly enough, I did it for several years without, um, the business having a name or an identity. And I was driving down the road one day recently. And I thought it's about time to make this a <laughs> real thing, right? Like let's turn it into a, uh, let's figure out what is this entity, you know, and the moment you jump into entrepreneurship, I don't know if everyone's like this, but I'm kind of like a serial entrepreneur now. Like I just love it and I'm willing to try it and you're, try you're trying everything. everything. Yes. Um, which can be good and not so good. Um, but no, I, I'm like, let's figure this out. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh, Empower PR goes back to exactly who I am. Um, you know, I, I've worked for agencies over the years and um, for many agencies, the goal would be to create a long-term relationship with a client, right? They help the client figure out their needs. From that point, they help them um, figure out how to reach their needs and their, and their yeah. goals and they hope that together you can do it forever, on, forever, <laughs> forever and ever and ever. Yep. Um, I didn't want to do that. That did not feel right to me. Uh, so I wanted to, so I sat back and I did some reflection and thought, 
who do I want to be and how can I help these people? Because the reality is, is most authors and most small businesses have extremely limited budgets. They're on the beginning of trying to figure out what makes sense for where they're at. And um, whereas they're willing to invest, they don't want to have to invest so much that they don't, you know, get the ROI that they want or they don't really know what they want yet. Right. So, um, so I've, I've taken a completely different approach and that's where empower PR came. Uh, empowerment is really the essence of who I am in everything in my speaking business, my book, and now with my consulting and coaching business. Um, my goal is to provide information to authors and small businesses and encourage them through guidance and support to get what they need without having to partner with me forever. Forever. Um, yeah. So some people for some, for some of my clients, that means they would much rather, um, well they, I, so I look at it as, as I learned this with my wreath business, which we have to, we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, we haven't. Um, that some people value money over time and other people value time over money. And that's how I look at my business yep. for the people that value money over time. Um, I always get confused. But the people that buy, well, anyways, one of the one of those groups will are is are willing to put their blood, sweat, and tears in because maybe they're not ready to spend the investment. And the Correct. other ones are like, look, I have way too much going on, and I know that if I invest in this, then I can grow. Right. So my business model is meant to support both for those who. Um, really look at their money differently and they really would much rather invest their time. I'm going to empower them with the knowledge on how do you become a strong marketer to make sure your business and your values and your product reach who it needs. And for the other people who are like, Stephanie, I don't want to touch any of it. Please just post some stuff on social media for me. (laughs) Right. I I don't want to know how to manage LinkedIn algorithms. Um, Then I'm happy to help there too. Right. So that's really the essence of what empower PR is all about. Okay. If anyone knows how LinkedIn algorithms work, I would love to know. <laughs> no, any <laughs> algorithm, right? <laughs> it's crazy. It is. So. Yeah, so that that's awesome. You know, thank I, you. I mean, it's 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 one of those tricky situations for a lot of people. Is you know, do I have more time than money, or do I have more money than time? Yeah. And for some people, it's probably easy to figure out, but other people, it's you know, you got you got maybe you have work and you've got kids Absolutely. and a family and. And I get it. All this stuff, you know, and it's like, you know, where is the right time to, Mm -hmm. or what's the right thing to invest in? Is it, you know, somebody helping me with, with the posting and things like that? Or is it somebody teaching me how to fish so I can eat for a lifetime? Absolutely. And I also am like a different marketer in the sense that I don't think you have to be everywhere and do everything all at once. In fact, I think, I believe Let's just look at social media, for example. You're on all the platforms, but not all of them inspire you, and you only have this much time. So maybe you just occasionally do something that actually could hurt your brand versus help your brand. I would much rather you be laser-focused on whatever social platforms are appropriate for your target audience, and you have a very focused um, approach on how to maximize your content. That's smart. That's smart business, and that's what I try to help my clients work towards yeah that makes sense you know it's it's super easy to get lost in the weeds on social media these days and oh my gosh it is you know I look at the amount of accounts I have and it's just you can't I can't keep up with them even if I you know the way I do social media nowadays is I spend an hour or two a week and I put together all my posts and I schedule them on buffer Mm -hmm. that way they all go out you know and I forget about them (laughs) and I still can't put out something on every platform every day and I don't think you but I don't uh, think you have to so 
And I don't even try anymore because no. it's just overwhelming sometimes. And- no, but let's take your podcast as an example because I think this is a brilliant way on how you um, spread the word. You know, people will record a podcast sometimes and then they think that that's one and done, right? But you could take this podcast and you're going to post it to YouTube. You can post it on other Audible channels. You can also transcribe it if people want it. You can pull yep. out pull quotes and you can create um, content that you post on your social about this con- about this particular content for the next week until you lead up yep. to your next podcast. That to me is smart marketing. That's taking one focus and maximizing the content. Yeah. A lot of people don't do that. I've been trying to do that with this podcast because I'm videotaping it. I'm transcribing it. It's beautiful. And then I'm taking small clips, um, you know, of something that we'd be talking about and trying to post those up, you know. Love that, it. But I love it. You're you know. you're living and breathing the type <laughs> of stuff that I encourage my clients so, to think about. Yeah. It's just uh it's time to do it, you know? I know, I know. So that's the way it goes. So tell mm. us about your wreath business. You know, we touched on it for like a split second. Yes. So I, How could I not touch on it? It's yeah. actually a really critical part because it's what began my entrepreneurial, I hate that word, that my entrepreneurial um, experience in life. So I was working full time, um, working like 80 plus hours a week, like most people, I'm sure, um, and writing and blogging. And feeling like there was no end in sight. And um, anyways, I had I had a very serendipitous series of events. It's very odd how it happened that I found myself in a pediatrician's office um, where all three of my kids had been sick that week. Mm. Oh, my gosh. I feel sorry it's for tough. that pediatrician. <laughs> it was tough. She um, she looked at me and she said, Stephanie, are you OK? And I'm like, no. And I think it was the last string that was holding me together broke and I cried and it was very ugly and emotional. <laughs> but I needed that because she went out of the way to invite me to a Bible study. Went to this Bible study at a church of a denomination that's different than mine. Um, I go to this place. A couple weeks in, I feel called to share a chapter of this book I was writing that nobody knew about. While I was there and I shared this chapter, somebody wrote the name of wrote down a name, pushed it over on the table, and said, "Hey, Stephanie, this is the name of a woman that's going to change your life." Open it up is the name of a book coach. Hmm. And that book coach ended up being the person to help bring my book into um, the marketplace. But I put off meeting that book coach for six months. I don't know why. I just did. I work got in my way, right? I was still writing. Maybe I had imposter syndrome and thought that maybe nobody would care, you know? That's a big deal. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's real. It is. Um, so I'll go and I meet this book coach in November of a couple, when was it? Back a couple years ago. And um, after I left, I was like, my eyes were this big. I called my husband and he's like, you got to chill out. And he could just feel the energy, right? Yeah. And the first thing I said to him was, <clears throat> I know I need to do this, but I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to afford this process. And he said, well, we've, we've got the money. I said, no, I'm, there's something within me saying that I am not supposed to do this book journey by taking anything away from my family. In fact, it's supposed to be given back to my family. I said, I don't know what it is, but I think I'm supposed to start a business. And my <laughs> husband looked at me like, what? Because the reality was, is he's the one that's supposed to be the entrepreneurial, not me. I was never <laughs> going to do this. So that was in November and it was um, Christmas time. And I thought, you know, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law just bought a home. I think I'm going to make a wreath for their front door. Um, interestingly enough, I'd never, I'd never made a wreath before. I mean, I made one really cruddy one for my door, but it wasn't anything <laughs> to write home about. So I watched YouTube video channel, YouTube videos and learned how to make a burlap wreath. And I did what anybody who was really proud of their work does is I posted a picture of it on Facebook, right? Like I'm like, I did it. And, um, before I knew it, uh, a business was born. I mean, it, 
in six months, I had made enough money to publish my book and the entire book journey. Oh, wow. Um, within two years, I made, sold, or taught people to make over a thousand wreaths that have hit many places across the United States. Uh, it It's crazy when I sit back and think about it because it's a wreath. Like, a wreath that you can buy at Hobby Lobby or at Target or yeah. at Kroger, right? Anywhere you go, it's a wreath. And yet there was something different about my wreaths. And I think part of what that is actually set me up for what I needed to do in the next part of becoming an entrepreneur. In fact, I, I believe, and maybe this is the perspective in me talking, that so many times you want everything to happen immediately. Yeah, that if you just sit back and let it happen organically, there's a reason. For instance, I would never have known how to be able to take credit cards to swipe for book sales at book signing events if I hadn't been figuring that out with my wreath business. I would never have known how to build relationships with clients, manage expectations, uh, do custom work for my speaking engagements if I hadn't been doing it with my wreath business, yeah, exactly. right? So it was really critical to the development of who I was and, and the type of business owner that I am and the type of businesses that I do. I'm actually working on my second book right now, and it hopefully will be coming out this year. Um, that's meant to inspire people to take a passion and turn it into a profession. Oh, great. Um, built upon my, my wreath business journey. That's awesome. You know, a lot of people want to do that. Absolutely. That's a... Like, that's a- huge topic I think and you'll get a lot of traction on that one you know again it's not about it's not about the money for me it's not about it's not it's just I want to help people I see these people out there my husband he's a physical therapist he um, I'll never forget he texted me this picture um, after he left one of his clients homes Um, he does home health and this client said you need to send this picture to your wife she makes stained glass art it's like the most stunning thing I've ever seen. And she has never sold a single one. Oh, really? And when my husband sent it to me, I thought, are you kidding? (laughs) And he's like, well, she just loves what she does and she just doesn't really know. And I'm like, that to me was the Stephanie, it's time. It is time because your book, your message, your journey is proof that we all have something beautiful to bring to this world. Absolutely. How do we embrace it and then reposition it in a way that um, turns it into a revenue stream for our family? Yeah, I think it's super, you know, most artists, artists, creatives kind of mm-hmm. are afraid to sell. Absolutely. You they know, are. it's like there's just something in our minds, their minds, you know, that just says like it's wrong to take money from people mm-hmm. because they that craft comes so easy to them, yep. you know, and it's, it's, it's super valuable to everybody else who can't do it. Absolutely. And, but you don't see that because it's, you know, you're doing it every day and, and to you it's a piece of cake, but I know. Well, and I think of that <laughs> you know? too, as an entrepreneur, I mean, when, when I sat down to figure out what offerings I was going to provide and how do I align that with what the investment should be from my clients, th- those are hard things to think through because for me, that stuff co- comes easy. Right. And, but then the more you do it, the more you realize, um, you know, you go to the store and buy things and somebody made that and it was easier for them, right? We all have a unique skill set and we're all meant to come together and to help other people grow. And it's okay to monetize your skill set. Absolutely. It's not just okay, you You should. (laughs) You have to give yourself permission to do it. Absolutely. Once you do it a few times and it starts becoming natural and that that kind of stuff, you have to to give yourself permission to do that. You do. And you have to, uh, there's sometimes I, in the beginning, I would 
look at myself in the mirror and I would say, this is my cost. And then I would say it again. And I keep saying it until when I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, this is what I'm worth, that I believed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you don't, people will, they, they can feel it off of you. You know, if you're saying, yep. giving them a price that you don't truly believe mm-hmm. you're worth, they can notice that. And, mm-hmm. you know, they don't, you know, they're not going to come out and tell you that they, they notice it. And they're not even going to maybe even notice that they notice it. Yep. But there's just something inside of them that says she doesn't believe it. Absolutely. And if she doesn't believe it, why would I? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think that that's a hard thing for small business owners. It is. I think it's very hard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what advice would you give small business owners then on, you know, finding their worth or, you know, something to that nature? Absolutely. Um, oh, if you haven't learned this about me yet, I have a little story I have to share with this. I'm a story, I'm a storyteller. Um, because I believe if you can look at it through this lens, then your worth makes total sense. Um, so I lived on my own out of college and I, my first job that I had was like near poverty line. You know, I'm like, I graduated college. I can yeah. make all this money. Yeah. Right. That's not how that <laughs> rolled. Um, but I owned my own condo. I didn't have a roommate. So to be able to make the ends meet, I had a budget and I had to stick to this budget and I'm, I'm, I need to go back and look at this budget. But I think that the budget for my food for a month was like 60 bucks. Oh, wow. That was like it. So when I went to the grocery, 60 bucks. Now I'm a vegetarian, so it's a little easier because I didn't buy any meat. And this is also before the organic phase. So right. it was I was buying a lot of like boxed processed stuff. Okay. So I share this because I, my husband, he laughs because I would make enough food. I would cook it. I would make enough food to, before I ate dinner, I would pull aside my lunch for the next day and then I'd eat what I have and I'd, you eat what you eat and you don't throw a fit. Like, you you know, I was happy with what I had. Well, when we get married, I'll never forget our first grocery trip experience. We're going down the aisle and I remember my husband threw in a box of brownies. Now, you know, a logical person would say, oh, you have two incomes now. So it's a whole different experience. <laughs> but I was still like, I'd lived on my own for so long. I'm like $60, you know, yeah. or focus, right? And I looked at him and I said, well, why do we have these brownies? And he's like, I don't know. I like brownies. And I said, <laughs> okay. And this was a teachable moment for us in the grocery. I laugh at this now because he would probably kick me to the curb now <laughs> if I'd have said this to him. But I said, is this a want or a need? And he looked at me, he's like, what are you, you're crazy. (laughs) And I said, no, seriously. I said, you know, for so many years I've lived on my own and sometimes brownies were a need in my life, right? Like if I'm having a bad day, I need a brownie. But if I had these brownies, it meant that I couldn't get something else. So I just need to understand, like, like, let's talk about this because I know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a brownie, not a big deal. But if this is the beginning of our marriage, I needed, we needed a conversation on, you know, at what point do you get everything that you always want or how do you focus on your needs? Okay, little would I know that that hilarious, I, I'll never forget, everybody was looking at us at, grocery, at that Kroger that day, like, you all are a mess. You might not make it through. We've, we've been married 10 years now, so we've survived. But um, at that moment, it, I didn't realize it would be the catalyst for how I look at marketing and actually how I will help small businesses look at reaching their target audience, especially authors. And here's, here's so here's my tip. Um, everybody, when you think of the money that you have to spend, has kind of two ways they look at their money, the things that they need to spend their money on and the things that they would like to spend their money Mm on, right? So if you as a small business find a way to be relevant in the needs pot of money, 
then there's no sweat, right? Um, it's this once pot that is a little iffy. Right. So here I go, write this really pretty girly, you know, colored book that is wonderful for sitting at the beach and reading it on vacation. Um, so, so some people would consider that as a, a, a want, a nice to have. Um, but if you can take something like this or your message or your business and refocus it in a way that is something people need in their lives, then you may just be more, you may just be able to see your worth. Um, I partnered with, I'll give you an example, because I've that is a constant way that I look at everything that I do is how do I get into people's needs buckets? Right. Um, I did a partnership with a friend of mine who is a um, dietitian and she also is a um, is an exercise coach, a health coach. And I said, hey, I have a book that's really important. Or you have a message that and, and a product that's really important. The reality is, is if you want to be healthy in life, you can't always get there if you don't have this in check. Absolutely. So I said, can we do, let's, let's talk about a partnership. Let's try, let's do it. Let's do a little, let's do a month. Let's do something fun in a month. And so last March we did Color March Pretty. And it was really meant as a mind, body, soul kind of experience on finding health therapeutically throughout it all. Right. And so she would focus on what to eat and how to, how to be stronger and eat better. And she would give them nutrition tips and I would do mindset shift mentality and all this stuff. Right. We did it together. It was one of my best selling months for my book. And yet I never, I did not require anybody to buy the book. There was no, Hey, you have to pay this to get in Mm -hmm. the proof of the, it was proof in the pudding. The reality was, is people who are, I have in their needs bucket, this health kind of category, right? right? And the moment that my book became a critical component to a need that they have to be able to be healthier, it it produced. It was it was a yeah. smart move. That's when they don't think twice about spending the money. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. And again, I don't, I mean, I consider that honestly authentic marketing um, because you have a message. You know, I think of your business and headshots. I mean, all small business owners need headshots. Absolutely. That's a need in their business. So you meet that need. And if you focus on that, then your worth is, it makes sense. It's something that everybody is seeking. Um, it's not just like you do family portraits, which are sometimes nice to have. Like right. I, I haven't done it in a couple of years. We need those. <laughs> I want them. I want them. See, even my voc- vernacular yeah. is different. I would love family photos, but I need a headshot if I want to do any speaking engagements. Sure. So it's this, I think as small business owners, I think we need to shift and take a look at what is the product we provide and how can we make sure that it's positioned as a need in our target audience's eyes. Exactly. Yeah. And for a lot of people, that's, that's the hardest part. It is. Because they don't see how it can be a need for people. Yep. I know. And that's how I help people. Yeah. Um, you know, I think. I think sometimes it takes getting outside of you to be able to to see that and to see the potential. I mean, I'll be honest, I have a, a confidant that I go to and I say, you know, I help people every day do this, but it's really even hard for me to do it for myself. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't because you're clouded by um, how you know you. Exactly. You know, yeah. you're clouded by, well, maybe gosh, but someone else has been doing this for 30 years and I've only done it for 20 or whatever. You're clouded by that, um, that second voice that's talking in your head. So sometimes it's nice to say, to sit down with a group or have a mastermind or or confidant or, um, a small business owner, I usually encourage my clients to have, um, a board of directors and I'm like, and the board of directors can be your spouse as long as they're nice or, (laughs) and honest, but maybe it's a group of friends or somebody that you sit down with quarterly and say, Hey, this is what I know, but I also know that you can 
probably see holes and connections that I'm not thinking about. Um, and you can help me get there. Sure. Yeah. yeah Cause I think that'll idea. help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I've got a group of men that I meet with. Um, well, we try to go like every other Sunday and that's awesome. we talk about our businesses and things like that and just life in general. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's nothing formal, but it's enough to, you know, get some feedback on different things. Absolutely. And ideas. And, and it's a safe know. place. Yeah. You exactly. need that as a, as a small business owner, you need a place to say, oh my gosh, I tried something that didn't work <laughs> and you don't think people are going to judge you. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. That's very cool. So let me ask you about Louisville. Yes. How long have you been here? I'm born and raised. Born and raised. You see, I wanted to be an actress, but I couldn't get rid of this southern accent, <laughs> so I just embraced it. Um, yeah, born and raised, but my husband and I now have a farm out in Shelbyville. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. You know, talk about accent. Uh, when I met my wife, the first time I talked to her on the phone, like I really had a hard time <laughs> understanding what she's saying. And yep. uh, she, she does, to this day, she doesn't believe me. She's like, I don't have an accent. Oh no! I'm like she's, I'm like you're from Kentucky. You have you an have accent. one, and she's like, no, I don't. Like, I'm one of those people who doesn't have one. I'm like, I could not understand you on the phone the first time we talked. Oh, I and love she it. She still doesn't believe me. I love it. You know, but it, in, interestingly enough, here I was trying to get rid of that, and it's, it's to me, it's you know when we at, when you talk about what makes us different or unique, you know, why get rid of something like that? Just own it. Uh, absolutely, it's who you are. Absolutely. I love my y'alls. I'll keep them any day. <laughs> my, and then when you add all to it, my all y'alls, that's yeah, even, <laughs> okay. yeah, there you go. that's even more. Um, so in Louisville here, you know, you're in Shelbyville, which isn't that far away, mm-hmm. but do you guys have a favorite place to hit up in Louisville or Shelbyville or I know it's yes. hard when you have three kids to get out and do things. But. Oh yeah. Well, so my husband and I are foodies, so okay. we're big fans of locally owned restaurant. And as a vegetarian, that's really important to me because I like to go to places that I can, that I can um, enjoy some good food that I know has been, has been made at, in a way that I can eat it. And so like my husband and I'll go do date nights occasionally. We love um, ceviche and Veronese are two of our favorite places. Um, Out in Shelbyville, it's actually in the Simpsonville area. We just went recently to, I think it's called Old Stone Tavern and Grill or Old Stone something or other. Um, It is amazing. And I would encourage everyone there to everyone to go there. Um, But yes, when I think about the things my husband and I like to do in Louisville, it usually involves with my little rascals to come along. Um, And so we like to get outdoors. So we're really big into hiking and love all of the parklands and broad run parks. Well, and I can take my camera. And so it's a win-win. You'll laugh though, before on the way here, I asked my, my oldest, I said, okay, Eli, I said, what does mama like to do in Louisville? Like, what do I like? He's like, I don't know, mama, you never leave the house. (laughs) You know, they're pretty, I know. But I'll tell you, one of the newest places that um, all of our family love to go is the Perfect Day Cafe. I don't know if you're a cat lover. Oh, I know that place. I'm, I'm not. Oh. Uh, mainly because I have an allergy. An allergy, cats. yes. Yeah. Well, we um, we stumbled across it in the in the fall, and we've been a couple times. We actually that's where we adopted our newest kitten from. Okay. So yeah, so we love we love that, and and think it's such a brilliant um, business strategy. It's interesting for sure. It is so <laughs> you <know? laughs> smart. You know, how many times do you sit back and you look at somebody's business and you're like, oh my gosh. 
I could have thought of that. If yeah. I'd have thought about that, look what I could have done. It's so smart. I, I, we have two cats. We have a 14 year old and a four month old. And my 14 year old, we adopted by looking through the bars at the society, you know, in this scared little room. Right. And we just went by color. Oh, she's really beautiful. This one, what, you know, with at the Perfect Day Cafe, we got to actually experience the cat, the cat picked us would never have picked an orange tabby and he's my best buddy man <laughs> I can't imagine life without him so yeah a beautiful business strategy my kids yeah. want to go back every day you know you, you know talk about beautiful business strategies and things like that you know people can sell anything anything you know, I always look at the guy who sold rocks right yep pet rock yep pet rock guy he made millions of dollars just by selling rocks he picked up on the stream or whatever I don't know where yep. he got his rocks from yep <laughs> well know? so it's funny you say that I actually open up my, my second book and that's similar concept um I am a member not of a um a group every other week like you talk about but I have a group of other writers and we meet once a month and we kind of look at each other's writing and it's a real safe zone the first time I met these women this one lady was telling me kind of her past story and it, she was explaining that I think it's somewhere on the on the west or on the east coast um, where her son lives. That there's this guy who is um, I think he's I think he's a paid tree climber. He loves to try to climb trees and he gets paid for it. And I sat back and I thought, okay, if you can make money climbing climbing trees, yeah. You can make money in anything. Pretty much. <laughs> and it's not so and you know, I think my wreath business is a prime example, you know. You can get a wreath anywhere. There's a lot of what we bring to the table you can get anywhere. But if you have that mentality, oh, they can get it anywhere, you might not do it. But if you find a way to differentiate yourself in your business, what makes you unique? Why would someone pick you over anybody else? And you realize that the essence of that is you. Mm -hmm. Then it's worth trying. Right. Yeah. It's kind of helping to develop a personal brand. Yeah. You know, you got to not only be yourself, um, but you got to show people who you are so that they kind of get a feeling of who you are before they even Absolutely. think that they want to buy from you. you Absolutely. Know, that way it's, you know, they have some kind of comfort level and, and things like that. Yeah. You are your business. Yeah, exactly. Which can be good or bad. So. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, usually good. Yeah. Yeah. Usually good. Mm -hmm. So I like to ask people this question too. So, you know, you, you, we've talked about your, your book and your speaking and, you know, your empower PR business and, and all these things, and you know, you said that you uh, um, you do photography kind of mm -hmm. stuff on the side as well. Um, but I always want to know what is keeping people's minds interested besides this stuff. Like, is there anything that you're learning about, you know, that you're finding interesting that's not related to your business? Yes, but it is. It's related, but not meant to be related. Okay. Um, I like, I, so what keeps me intrigued just in the world is how people think, how our brains work. Um, I have, I've always told my husband, if I ever go back and get my, um, a higher level degree, cause I was going to be a doctor, I had all these plans and then kids <laughs> showed up and then things change. Yeah. But if I ever go get my master's or my doctorate, I want to do it in psychology because I, I find, um, this emotional intelligence conversation oh, yeah. really intriguing <laughs> and the power of positive, of positive thinking. And, um, there, so I went to a conference a couple of years ago and a guy that is really big in this space was speaking and I was like in tears. Everyone's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, he's talking my language. You know, <laughs> it's understanding how we see the world. And again, I realize that's kind of the essence of what I talk about, but I think it's just 
how my brain it's just works. just how you're, yeah. Yeah, because I think if I can better understand those things, then I have the power to be, to be even happier. Um, and at the end of the day, on my deathbed, I want to sit back and be like, yeah, my life was pretty awesome. Not because I made a million dollars or five million or 10 million. I don't even care, to be honest. Yeah. Um, that's not what drives me, um, but that I was happy and felt fulfilled. Sure. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of us want. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, to know that we did what we could. That was the best we could do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we lived a great life and who cares what everybody else thinks. I know, right? <laughs> I know. It'd be nice if we all feel that way all the time. Yeah. Uh, social media didn't help that. No, no. It it's like a it's toxic environment sometimes. Absolutely. A Absolutely. A lot of times. <laughs> so, yeah, that's interesting. So, you know, I, um, the, the previous company I used to work for was pretty large mm. and emotional intelligence was like a huge topic for us. Really? Um, we learned about it all the time. Really? Yeah, we had a lot of trainings on it and things like that. I had a manager give me the book, Emotion Intelligence 2.0. Stop it. I had to Are you read kidding? it because I was not emotionally intelligent <sighs> enough. Uh- <laughs> now, see, the research that so. I've been doing is, um, yes, you can deepen in your emotional intelligence, but some of it's, it's to me, it's almost like soft and hard skills, right? Like yeah. some of it you can be trained to, and some of it's just innate in who you are yeah, as a human. It is. Um, and the company I worked for did not do that. It was more focused on skills-based training. So, hey, you're not good here. Let's do more in this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, when the reality is, is maybe you shouldn't do that at all. Like maybe yeah. you should focus on something else. Um, it was actually after I left that company that I, um, have one of my authors, she distributes tests on, um, EI and she said, Hey, you want one? I'm like, yeah. I said, I've been told I have a high EQ. I'd be, or not EI EQ. Um, I said, uh, yeah. And so she gave me the test and I started to really learn and kind of grow this interest in understanding how brains work and how you can pick up on energies and all that craziness. Yeah. Yeah, It's pretty interesting stuff. It is, but it totally goes in line (laughs) with, you know, when I mentioned the law of attraction and that type of stuff, you know, I'm a, I'm a believer and maybe this is different than some of your other, um, the other individuals you've had on the show, but I don't like to go out and seek business. I don't like to go push, push, push. I actually believe if I'm doing good, that it will come. And sure, I do networking events and sure, I connect with people, but not because I'm thinking, oh, hey, this is a new opportunity, but because it feels right and it's fun and it just um, is a part of my personality and what I want to do. And then I believe in as you're planting these seeds that they will grow and they will, if they're supposed to, they will evolve into um, into new business and whichever direction that it's supposed to take you. Yeah, I'm I'm a similar, I take a similar approach. You know, I still go to networking events and Mm -hmm. things like that and, you know, I'll set up you know, coffee with some yeah. folks afterwards yeah. and I'll sit there and I'll, I'll even tell them straight to their face. Like, I'm not going to try to sell you to come get a headshot from me, right. but I just want you to know that I do headshots. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like and, exactly. You know, if I say, if at some point you need a headshot, I would love for you to just take a look at my website and see if what I do fits with what you want. Absolutely. If not, I don't, Yeah. you know, not a big deal, yeah. you know? So I'm not going to, I'm not out there like, pushing sales because i just to me it's not the way i i work right me neither it it doesn't feel like my authentic me so i don't do it no but i don't either i i um i'm a big believer that when you do good work that it will speak for itself and so um i'm a big fan of the word of mouth referral process yeah it's important 
Absolutely. You know, especially in a community like Louisville. Yeah. And know? hey, I'm really impressed as not being a Louisvillian yourself, how you can say Louisville. <laughs> let's just let's just put that out there. Um, your wife taught you well. She doesn't say it right. How does she say it? She says Louisville. What is wrong with her? I know. <laughs> She's been here her whole life. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, she says, well, it's King Louis. And I'm like, well, you're still wrong. It's, you're still wrong. <laughs> it's Louisville. It hangs out deep in your throat yeah. so. <laughs> with, with long, lots of uh, syllables. Yeah. So if you had to leave one bit of advice for small business owners or entrepreneurs who are, you know, thinking about taking the big jump and leaving their, their, uh, careers or mm-hmm. whatever else they got going on to, to dive headfirst into something, you know, what advice would you give them? Well, that's a good one. Well, I think I would, um, I would suggest and leave the, you know, the advice that it's always good to dabble in what you're passionate about, but sometimes you have to take what, um, one of my business coach coaches referred to as the silk thread jump. Have you heard of this? No, I don't think I have. Okay. I'm really bad at, at, um, like jokes and stuff. So I'll probably butcher this story, but, um, the plane's going down. You're on the plane. Plane's going down. There's no parachute. All you have is a silk and thread, right? And the, and so your only option is what you can stay on the plane and it nosedive or you can jump off. And it's in the jumping off when you're in the air that you realize that the silk and the thread is meant for you to sew a parachute while you're, while you've jumped. Um, Interestingly enough, I, I dabbled in working full time and doing my passion work. And the problem with that is, and as someone who's dabbing, dives in that now, the the struggle with that is how do you give a hundred percent? Sometimes you have to take the leap. And you have to build the parachute while you're flying. Right. So, um, so yeah, I, had I, had I ever wanted to do this? No. Would I have ever expected to do this? No. For me, I did not take the leap. Um, I actually worked at a company that had been downsizing and I was impacted by a corporate layoff. It was during that time, other people who were impacted at the same time were, were stressed out and really overwhelmed. And I was like, it's time. I'm going to build my parachute. Mm-hmm. I'm going to figure this out as I'm going. And so as a, as a small business owner, um, keep in mind that sometimes you don't have to have all of the answers figured out yet to take that leap. And even if that leap is something small, like trying something while you're working full time, do it. Or if that's dabbling in something new before you have the whole uh, outline figured out on how you're going to tackle it, it's okay. Do it. Or maybe it's about selling a product that you haven't, thought fully through, but you think it might work. Why don't you see if anybody wants it before you spend the energy in it? Right. right? But you and I talked about, about perfect imperfection is, is, is truth in this world. Um, it is okay to be okay and jump and try in the okay. Cause you can't perfect anything if you don't have some place to start. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, uh, I know a photographer, he's in Washington, DC and, uh, he had a, a similar, situation to you um his company downsized um this is maybe two years ago Mm. and um so his position was eliminated and he's built himself a six-figure headshot business now um because he had nothing else to do but so his parachute oh my god see you know and it's like see so here's the deal i was encouraged to do my business and to take the leap and i was too comfortable and sometimes i don't think that 
we can fulfill our passion when we live in the level, the world of comfort. Yeah. When we are put in uncomfortable situations, that's when all of the, like your synapses start working and everything makes sense. And you try something because you have no other option. Right. You're like, I'm going to do this. I've got to. You have to. I have to. And so, um, for me, you know, being impacted by a layoff was literally the best thing that could have ever happened for me. If not, I would still be working in the corporate mm. world. I would still be doing stuff that I loved, but maybe not the stuff that was filling me up. Yeah. It's um, not your passion. Not my passion. And now I'm able to connect with people. Um, I'll never forget when I, when I jumped and I started to do this, I thought, I told my husband, I said, if I touch the life of one person, it's worth it. And I remember getting a text a couple, like maybe a month or so after my book came out or a Facebook message from a woman who I had met through my wreath business and who had purchased a book afterwards, but I didn't know her outside of that at all. And she messaged me in the middle of the night and she said, Stephanie, I need to tell you this. She said, I um, had just had a really horrific um, wreck and had um, from a stroke, she had a stroke while she was driving in a big wreck and had to go to rehab and some really intense stuff happening in her life. And um, she had been suffering some panic attacks associated with it. She said, so in the middle of the night, I was having a, a moment and I was crawling into my closet and I grabbed your, your, the Kindle and your book was on the Kindle. And within 15 minutes, um, I had a, a piece about me and I knew I could handle this. She's like, you, you saved me. That's awesome. And I looked at my husband and I was like, mic drop, I'm done. <laughs> if nobody else, like, you know, and had I not embraced the leap, I may not have been able to make a difference right. in the yeah. life of that person. Exactly. So, so yes. So I'm a believer. Sometimes you just got to jump. Just got to go. <laughs> I know. Well, Stephanie, I appreciate you being here today. I really enjoyed the conversation. Me too. Thank you. It's uh, super great to hear about all the amazing things you're doing and helping all the small businesses and authors out there and, you know, I get I get super excited and um, happy for people to, to hear how they they grew their business and, you know, things like that. And you have an amazing story. So thank I really you. appreciate you being here. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me. All right. Thanks for listening to 502 Entrepreneurs. You can find our site online at www.502entrepreneurs.com. Subscribe to our email list to be entered into the February contest. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again.